Hello from the Global Legal Hackathon 2018 Final Round Gala here in New York City. I am your host, Alex Muncy, and we're here on the road with Legal Talk Network. Thank you very much for joining us on the road. I'm here today with George Beaton, with Michael Pabrocki, and also Leo, uh, Global Legal Hackathon. We've just had the finalists, the winners announced, and it's been a, a fantastic opportunity to see some of the innovations that have come out. Um, can I start with, with um, you, Michael? Could you just um, I'll sort of go around and it would be good to sort of get a little bit of background and explain who you are. So I'm actually re- representing the technology industry. I don't have legal background as such, uh, but I'm quite fascinated by what's happening here in the legal sector because it's what happened to finance quite some time ago and I see that the legal industry is like catching up or moving exactly in the same direction like in, we are on the verge of quite a big transformation into digital which makes this event quite a valuable one so I'm learning quite a lot from that and also exploring some similarities between financial institutions and legal services and how the fintechs or how technology could help it. Okay, that's quite that's quite interesting. I mean, um, George, you're obviously from from Australia, and uh, we've seen a lot of quite strong tech innovations, sort of where there's a, been a confluence of legal technology, and specifically with blockchain in Australia. I'm thinking of uh, the Australian Stock Exchange being one of the first enterprises to really implement blockchain. Indeed. Um, so I'm I'm not a technologist, nor much interested in technology per se. Um, and I'll illustrate that. We just finished a survey. Our, our company mainly does survey work amongst clients and law firms and other parts of the legal ecosystem. And we just finished a survey of the larger corporate and commercial clients of their views of and expectations of innovation. And when asked right at the start of the survey, what does innovation mean to you? 15% of respondents mentioned technology. So 85% other, something other than technology per se. And when you look into those 85%, the biggest item by far was communication in this, under this rubric of innovation. Uh, and so to, to, to us, uh, the clients speaking here are saying, it's not technology, but what technology enables, facilitates, or replaces uh, from a human perspective in terms of benefits in, in, derived by cons- consumers of legal services. And that's my major interest in the revolution that's taking place in the business models of how the legal services are delivered. Oh, that's really interesting. So you're seeing very much sort of clients pushing the direction of where Absolutely. law firms then having to respond. Yeah, and an, almost another being... stunning fact from the survey, when asked, can you name one innovative law firm, 25% said, I can't. And of those that could, they really struggled in the majority. Uh, And it's an invitation that's wide open to the private branch of the profession to get innovating and uh, to engage collaboratively with clients in that innovation. And that's why I find this whole evening so, so, and this whole phenomenon of the hackathon so exciting. It's because of the collaborative efforts uh, that uh, we saw here tonight. Oh, fantastic. And and Leo, just... um I'd like to bring you into this. I mean, in terms of what you've seen today, sort of which, what's impressed you most or which teams really stood out to you and, and what, have you, um, what have you really been drawn to and impressed by? Well, okay, first, uh, thank you so much for having me here. Uh, you, you know, it's a long trick from Argentina to here, but I'm really pleased to be here. 
I'm somewhere in between Michael and George, you know? Before I studied law, I understand law as, or the legal system as a whole, as the incentive method we have as a society. What we choose to praise, what we choose to punish, what behaviors we want our society to have. And I find technology the only or one of the few tools that have the capability of enforcing massive or collective change. So there in between, it's where I'm, I try to get specialized. I've been working for the last past years. I co-founded some blockchain company that are actually doing some work in this area. And from, from the journey today, what got, me, what got my eye was there's a lot of people that actually see or share the vision, you know? Some of the teams, such as uh, Reveal You, that's one of the winners, they tackled a very hot issue right now, which is data managing. Decoding law, it's all about getting law understandable for every regular Joe in the street. One, even the teams that didn't win, for instance, there was a Brazilian team, a Presente C, they had developed a platform that allows the judicial system to re significantly reduce the cost of handling some low-risk penalties, you know? So it's really comforting to see that in different places in the world, so different cultures and so different backgrounds, we all share this very same vision. So I heard mentioned earlier today that we're, we're seeing sort of two emerging ships, big ships on the water of AI and, and blockchain. But um, I mean, my big takeaway from this sort of in addition to that is just the fact that there's such a growing ecosystem and that firms are all kinds of different firms, whether they're technology companies, whether they're legal firms, whether they're in-house law departments at companies, people are widening, widening their network and really sort of tapping into different avenues, collaborating with competitors um, or even big four accountancy companies. I mean, this seems to be a trend that's, that's really accelerating. I mean, do, do you see that in, in each of the regions that, that you're based in? I mean, is that something that, that you're also getting a sense of? Yes, I can confirm that. So I'm a firm believer of platform thinking. And I believe in the legal sector, we have quite a lot of inefficiencies in the sense that you have like ordinary people or the litigants that have quite an asymmetry of knowledge. Yeah? And they're often helpless or let's say searching for some solutions. While on the other hand, you have a lot of, let's say, traditional law firms or pro bono uh, cases that find it increasingly difficult uh, to match the demand and the supply. So if I look at platform economy, and actually it's uh, no wonder that a lot of the solutions presented today were focusing on the fact on how to get everyone together and how to reduce these inefficiencies. So you don't have to come up with something like extremely smart, like robotics, AI, or blockchain. That, those were actually underrepresented teams of today. What was quite clear to me is that there is a strength in some simple solutions that you can instantly get into the market. Then you also see that the needs are quite universal. So a lot of the, of the solutions that we investigated actually have the truly global potential in the sense that you can easily roll them out because the model is scalable. In terms of the need, that is quite fundamental, and also the revenue stream that could make it uh, affordable. So I believe this is the main takeaway for me, that platforms are the name of the game. Just picking up on the themes, um, I think the distinction here tonight, which the judges certainly found quite difficult between public and private, was artificial. Uh, to me, this is all about democratization, access to justice, whether you're a large corporate or you're an impoverished individual. Uh, it is about affording the opportunity for justice and access to it. 
Um, and what we're seeing here is, on the one hand, this, and it's particularly, I think, driven by the youth of the teams uh, and the idealism and the professionalism of access to justice and democratization. But on the other hand, we are seeing, and Michael just referred to this, the reduction of friction uh, in the supply chains, the removal of inefficiencies, um, and the, basically the reduction of transaction costs, um, whether it be speed or cost. Um, I think there are two big things that weren't addressed if we look at what wasn't here. I think the courts, uh, whilst there were aspects of the courts, it wasn't the courts per se, which I see as enormous drag on, on the ecosystem, and the law schools. Uh, one of the 14 teams touched on law schools uh, and the opportunity for law schools. And when I look at inertia, I see courts and law schools, two major institutions in the profession, still living in the last century to be kind. Well, that's, that's really interesting. And it's, uh, I mean, it's just sort of with lawyers in general, I mean, even, even five years ago, I mean, but especially 10 years ago, just the term innovation, a lot of, a lot of legal fe- uh, professionals would have sort of looked at you sideways. And it's, it's strange that that hasn't quite filtered down into the, the legal education yet. And I think yeah, that's, that's a good point to, to touch on. Leo, just in terms of sort of what, what your takeaways were, I mean, when sort of over the next few days, what are the things that are going to linger with you and the things that um, really resonated with you? I believe we are pretty much aligned there. Uh, friction, it's definitely an issue. But in my view, it's an understandable issue, you know? I mean, it's unrealistic to hope regulation to keep up with innovation. I mean, innovation always comes before regulation. The trick, and basically as George very well stated out, it's to have the different stakeholders in the industry understand this and act consequently, ranging from law schools to regulators to policymakers. If we get all the players to grasp this concept and to, to implement different strategies to at least shorten the bridge, I think that we will see a legal industry much more user-friendly and which will add much more, much more value than what we are used to. Um, so just for our, our listeners, I mean, before I close out today, um, if any of our listeners wanted to get in touch or follow what you're doing, um, do you have a Twitter handle or any way of, uh, that our listeners would be able to stay in touch with what you're doing? Yes. Uh, well, in my case, you can, you can tweet me. It's at Leo Elduashan. That's my name and surname. I don't know if that's going to be public in the, in the website. You can, you can public if people want to follow me. Or you can shoot me an email to leo at coibanks.com. Uh, for me, it's LinkedIn is the easiest way. Okay. And uh, Michael? I'm also a bit traditional on LinkedIn, but you could also email me at michal.paprotsky at ing.com. Well, I'd like to thank our guests, Mikhail, George, and Leo, for, for joining us today. I also want to thank our listeners for tuning in. Um, we've reached the end of On the Road for today's episode. And um, if you've liked what you heard, please find and rate us in Apple Podcasts. And we'll see you next time for another episode of On the Road with Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. 
As always, consult a lawyer.